I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Scoopy Radio with Brandon Robinson. Back here on one-on-one New York's longest-running sports call-in show. He is the host of the Scoopy Radio podcast, senior writer at Basketball Society and TheHeavy.com, Brandon Scoopy Robinson, at ScoopB on Twitter. I know, Brandon, you perhaps even more than most are excited with the NBA up and running again. How are you? I'm doing good, but I can't say that I didn't enjoy some time off that existed. (laughs) Um, we're back. We're in a bubble. I'm at the crib and uh, the phone is still ringing. So I have no complaints. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I was just going to start with, you know, how, th- how have things changed for you with COVID and the NBA going into a bubble, having to look at things from afar? Um, to be honest with you, things didn't really change per se. Um, We're still in the information space, so my phone is still on, text messages, emails. I think the biggest adjustment, honestly, has just been Zoom calls. Um, The beginning of when practice and things of that sort were happening, I was on a lot of uh, Philadelphia 76ers Zoom calls, um, but also dealing directly with players um, when I have questions about certain things, um, either, you know, calling them, texting them, emailing them, whatever form of communication we use. But, um, you know, the podcast, Scoopy Radio, we've still had guests throughout the pandemic. Um, Writing and heavy has still been the same. I think, to be honest with you, I was sharing this with a friend the other night. I I feel like with a lot of my friends, I have like these late, deep night, in-depth conversations just about the meaning of life. And one of the things that I I related this to is kind of like college all over again, like, you're literally turning in term papers, you have deadlines, um, and you are constantly getting feedback from editors. Um, I think, to be honest with you, my editors are sending me emails just about leads to stories and headlines now so more uh, than before, but I think it's great to just get better. This is a time to get better. This is a time to you know, self-reflect, but also to really lean on your contacts, your sources, and you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting time to be alive, as Drake would say. What a time to be alive. 
Yeah, I was going to kind of ask a similar question. You know, as an insider in the NBA, so much of what you do is dependent on being at the arena and being with other players and teams and having those one-on-one conversations. So what's kind of the process been like? You talked about Zoom calls and like, how has it been for you finding stories and finding work and keeping busy without having those uh, resources available? Um, relationships. So like, for example, uh, I called a member of the Knicks yesterday. I won't say their name yet, but, but basically when the whole tips thing and the whole hiring thing happened, I called him, I texted him first and he texted me back Then I called him and then he called and then I missed his call. He called me back, Scoot, what up? I was like, man, what you doing? We about to play. I said, where? I said, yeah. So he goes, um, yo, I want to get comment from you about tips. Like, what do you think about this whole process? And um, they're like, I said, me and Chip Tibbs are hanging out next week, so I'll let you know, um, you know, what what I think. And this person hasn't gone on record about how they felt about Tibbs yet, but you know, they are excited about it. So really, it's just leaning on, you know, interpersonal communications. And one of the things that I think has been a blessing is a lot of times, um, a lot of media members they just go to you know media functions, get their quotes, and go home. And I feel like because there's been no games, that lack of interpersonal communication is lacking. I think that before the pandemic hit, you know, you bump into people at parties, you know, whether it be 2K parties in LA, whether it's, you know, um, functions in Manhattan. And, you know, like last week or the week before, you know, I got comment from Joe Kim Noah. Now I remember the Clippers, I text him and, you know, what do you think about Tibbs? He went to two, he was an NBA All-Star twice, former Nick and more. So he and I met at this party in Manhattan and stayed in contact and, you know, so a lot of it is just, you know, like really leaning on relationships. Um, you know, during the pandemic, I was on FaceTime calls and, and, and phone calls with NBA execs before the bubble and just really talking about family, talking about goals and aspirations, like talking to them as people. And I think that that's, you know, that's, I think one of the advantages of the pandemic is really, really, really getting to know people and talk to people and, and really just have real conversation, authentic conversation. I was going to get to the bubble in a second, but first, because we are a New York outlet, what did you make of the Knicks hiring Tom Thibodeau? Um, It was something that I knew about since February. Um, Ironically, I was hearing about it in Philadelphia. Um, I met someone who was a confidant or someone who, I'll just say someone that that was close to to, um, to, uh, Leon Rose. And they said to me, this was like early February during a, a, a Friday night game or a Saturday night, you know, Sunday night game between the Bulls and the Sixers, you could, whatever date that was. Yo, you know Leon Rose is coming to the Knicks? I said, what? He goes, yeah, he's going to be president. I said, yeah, he goes, and he's bringing Wes with him. And Tibbs is going to be the coach. Word? <laughs> so when I heard it, to me it made sense because um, Leon Rose and Tibbs have a relationship um, I do think that the Knicks have a bigger plan um, than just uh, posturing that they have these names. You know, World Wide West is more than just a name that uh, Drake and Jay-Z use in their songs, Pound Cake and, and Back to Back. Uh, I think at the end of the day, um, their relationships and their connection to CAA is something that they really want to use as it relates to Tibbs. Um, you know, if you, if you ask me what I think, I think the Knicks are trying to posture in some ways to legitimately get um, Zach Levine. And if you look at Tibbs' track record, it makes sense. Um, Tibbs brings in guys that he used to coach. Zach Levine used to be uh, on the Minnesota Timberwolves. And, you know, you look at uh, 
Carl Anthony Towns, a guy from Piscataway, New Jersey, um, who has ties to Leon Rose as a CAA agent and World Wide West, who was a top confidant to John Calipari, his former coach at Kentucky. I think there are certain things you, you see as probable. So I can't confirm that that's the case, but I know that there is there are definitely um, rumblings within uh, to Pennsylvania Plaza um, that they're trying to really revamp that roster. And I think bringing Tibbs, somebody that's familiar, is a step in that right direction. Everybody you talk to within NBA circles have said to me that, you know, Tibbs has made them better players. Nate Robinson has said that to me uh, numerous times. Uh, C.J. Watson, a former Brooklyn Net, uh, was on the Scoopy Radio podcast, said that recently. Joaquin Noah. So I think Tibbs is, is a guy who, you know, was an assistant coach on the Knicks team, has said that this is a job great, but the Knicks have not been relevant in over 15 years, and it's time to put up or shut up. You talk about the Knicks, and I want to shift over to the other New York team, the other local team in Brooklyn, the team that is in the bubble. And I think, to say the least, it's been an interesting experience for the Nets. We saw they've lost a couple of big games, like against Boston last night, but then had an upset against the Bucks. So what do you make kind of of Brooklyn's uh, showing so far in the bubble and what they can maybe do talking about a playing game or, or the first round? Um, it's been disappointing they're showing in the bubble, particularly because going into the bubble, we were looking at a, a, a trio of Karis LeVert, Jamal Crawford, and, and uh, Michael Beasley uh, that would do extraordinarily uh, decently. And what you're seeing is uh, this is the Karis LeVert show, except they're not really winning. Um, Jamal Crawford hurt his hamstring the other day. I spoke with Jamal uh, a couple of days ago, and, you know, the day it happened, I said, man, I wish you love and light. And, um, you know, he said he's, he's on the mend, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But Karis LeVert, he's doing everything that we knew he would with added extended minutes, and I think he's making a case as to why maybe the Nets should not be so quick to trade him to potentially bring in Bradley Bill from the Washington Wizards. Um, I think – I've said this before the bubble started. Um, when you look at the when you when you look at the Nets, Karis LeVert and and Kyle Kuzma are in very similar situations in their respective teams. Um, because when you look at the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving and KD are both not playing this season, and you know many of the Nets faithful are looking towards next season. But when you look at you know uh, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Kuzma does better when Anthony Davis and or LeBron James are not on the floor. And at the time of this recording, you know, LeBron James is out as well as Anthony Davis in their game uh, against uh, the Houston Rockets uh, on a Thursday primetime game. But um, when I look at um, what um, Karis LeVert brings to the table, uh, I, I think you're seeing in real time what he's capable of doing, how that adds up to Mixing and mending with KD and Kyrie, that's a lot of basketballs on the floor. I think Kyrie and KD are going to be um, superfluous coming out the gate, but Karis LeVert getting his touches, Spencer Dinwiddie getting his touches in the future, that's going to be interesting as large as well. But it was good to see Brooklyn beat uh, Milwaukee, but to be honest with you, um, I think people are ready to write people off when they lose in the bubble. Like people are writing off the Lakers because they lost the Thunder. People are writing off the Lakers because they lost the Raptors. Those are both two good teams. You're not going to win everything. Um, the Nets are in a different category um, because they are an AC without their two uh, primary stars that they got last summer. So we talked about the Knicks, talked about the Nets, but just in a broader sense, what have been your initial impressions of the NBA restart as a whole, how things have gone after one week in Orlando? The NBA has done well. Uh, zero cases. Um, I think they're definitely – 
a model uh, that other sports leagues should probably pay attention to, namely the Major League Baseball. Um, I feel like the NBA was the guinea pig. Uh, And, you know, I've spoken to, you know, NFL retired players who have marveled, who said before the bubble started that the Nets were, or excuse me, the NBA was the case study on just what's going to be done, how it's going to be done. Um, And then they come back and said, man, I'm impressed. Um, Major League Baseball still has a COVID problem between the Marlins and, and, and other teams. And um, I think this is proving that that this is the way to go for the immediate future. Um, I mean, I've heard reports where, you know, the world, or namely the United States of America, could not, may not be back into, you know, full function until 2024. You know, so when you look at the fact that there may be a bubble next year, um, I think that 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 shows you how serious COVID-19 is. Um, but I do think that the the NFL, you didn't ask this, but I'm going to say it. The NFL, I think I'm a little bit more nervous about 53-man roster, all these guys. I think the NFL and college football, as, we, as those young folks say, should be canceled because you got so many more people that you got to put in a bubble. Like, I don't know how that's feasible. And I want to ask now about just one of the biggest stories, obviously, of the NBA's return has been the social justice aspect. We've uh, seen that that was something that was almost jeopardizing the season's return, and it became something that was very important were they to play. And you've covered a lot of things around the NBA when it comes to entertainment, lifestyle, politics, all these other issues that we've kind of seen intersect in the bubble. So what have you made of everything that's gone on, you know, off the floor in terms of social justice in Orlando? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think as much as people are paying attention to what the players are saying, uh, I I, one of my favorite movies is Rush Hour 2. And I remember the scene in the movie where, where Chris Tucker told Jackie Chan, follow the rich white man with money. And I mean that respectfully. Uh, I say that to say, I reached out to Mark Cuban and asked him his thoughts, uh, owner of the Dallas Mavericks on, you know, social justice and the names on the back of the jersey. And, you know, he thinks it was good for, you know, conversation. Um, he felt that it was good for, um, you know, just to bring awareness to, to other things. Uh, the NBA just signed a pack of, of, for 10 years of $30 million per year uh, towards a foundation uh, relating to African-Americans and African-American issues. Um, and in addition to that, um, I also was fascinated by the NBA Players Association. I think many people confuse the player on the court versus the player who has a, a, a role within an organization. Michelle Roberts, obviously the director of the NBA Players Association. And then, you know, you have Chris Paul, who was the president of the Players Association. Then you have six uh, vice presidents, namely uh, Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets, Andre Iguodala of the Miami Heat, Biznak Biombo, um, CJ McCollum, and I'm missing a couple of others. I haven't had my afternoon coffee. But uh, I did speak with Biznak Biombo just about what it's been like uh, during the pandemic to have these calls, these meetings with their peers. And he says that in talking to other people who have held prior roles within the Players Association, they don't envy, you know, the current uh, regime of presidents and vice presidents. And uh, one of the things that he's, he's 27 years old, uh, but he's finding that, you know, he is mentoring and ushering them in the next generation of players who will take those roles. So you think of the John Morant's, uh, the Zion Williamson's and more. So um, it's just been a very busy time within the Players Association, and it's good to talk about these things outside of the confines of just who's playing, what place somebody's in, and more, um, because I think people lose sight of how much planning it took, you know, to actually uh, create 
uh, a bubble and the, the agreements that both the Players Association as well as the, um, the, 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 the NBA had. Um, I don't know if many people realize this, but if the NBA did not resume, they would lose $2 billion. And that would have an effect on the collective bargaining agreement next year. The, the, the CBA was already going to go down next year because of things relating to China. Um, and so if the players didn't play this year, um, it, it would be a very interesting dichotomy there. So, hey, person in the back. But uh, <laughs> the sign on the door doesn't work sometimes. You know, I, I try. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good. I don't want to ramble. But there's a lot of things that I learned uh, during, the, during the pandemic just about the way the league and the Players Association works. It's certainly an important conversation that you need to keep at the forefront. And I personally think the NBA has done a very good job at doing that. So as we transition to what's gone on on the court, which is also a big aspect of this, there's a tight battle for the eighth seed in the West. You got five teams within three games of Memphis who currently currently hold the final playoff spot. Uh, in your estimation, which team is the best chance at making the playoffs of that group in the West? Portland Trailblazers. Why is that? <laughs> um, because I think that the Portland Trailblazers dealt with a lot even before the season started this year. You go back to last season, uh, this was a team that was in the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors. Um, Daniel Lillard, you know what he brings to the table. Uh, when you look at C.J. McCollum, you know what he brings to the table. When you started the season last year, uh, or this season, you know, Damian was hurt. Uh, it's interesting. I spent some time with Damian out in L.A. back in September. And he talked about Hassan Whiteside. He felt that this would really be his year because he was in a contract year. And Hassan is kind of spoiled because, in a sense, he's got three other big men uh, that, that can help him out and give him some rest and, and do what he needs to do. But uh, I think what gets lost in the translation is the fact that people were ready to, to write off Carmelo Anthony. And he proved the other night why he's not washed. Uh, hit a dagger against his former team, Houston Rockets. Mind you, a team that... Uh, left him, left him for dead. I see these 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 memes on Instagram about uh, mellow apology form that people need to sign. Um, you know, Mellow has been playing exceptionally well. Uh, was the NBA's Player of the Month, Western Conference Player of the Month back in November, and has proven why um, he uh, you should stay mellow at all times. Played well, so when you mix in CJ McC healthy CJ McCollum, healthy Damian Lillard, uh, Carmelo Anthony, uh, as well as and healthy use of Nurkic, who's been on the men and now, you know, playing and in the starting lineup. I think they're, 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 they're all Radio. as well in Portland under head coach Terry Stotts. But um, I have some questions. And as from a personnel perspective, I like their starting lineup. Their bench causes some concern, uh, namely because I think that the Portland Trailblazers match up quite well in the first round, assuming they are an eight seed against the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but they're missing their defensive stopper in Trevor Reza. Uh, I have heard uh, in recent days that uh, Damian Lillard is trying to get Trevor to come to the bubble uh, to potentially play. And I think that if that happens, you know, Portland is in a good position um, because Trevor Reza is nothing new under the sun. And as uh, Lauren Hill would say, everything is everything. Um, I think there's a chance that defensively Trevor Reza uh, could match up well defensively against LeBron James. So if that happens, uh, Houston, we have a problem. I, I definitely can't disagree with that. And I want to shift over to the East because I think we all know Milwaukee's the one seed, Milwaukee's the favorite, but I think there's a lot of people, myself included, that aren't entirely sold on them. So I want to get your thoughts. Do you think Milwaukee will be the team in the finals 
or are you choosing someone else? I think that they will, but I, I felt the team that would cause problems for them is the Philadelphia 76ers, and you know they're dealing with injuries right now with Ben Simmons' kneecap. So um, I'm a little concerned about that at this point, um, particularly because this was a team that many people in their preseason polls, some experts felt that the Sixers would be that team um, that could really excel. I like the fact that Philadelphia um, moved Ben Simmons to the fourth spot, um, that you got Shake Milton uh, playing the point guard spot. Uh, and whenever people ask me about Shake Milton, I always sing that part in the song by uh, Pop Smoke, Shake It, Shake It, Shake It. Because I, like, I really like Shake it. And I think what, what helps in, that, in their system is the fact um, that he is a point guard that, that doesn't draw a double team. So a Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid can kick it out to a Shake Milton, he can hit a deep three. Um, and they also have other you know, superfluous things there as well, as in Tobias Harris, um, as well as you know, uh, Joel Embiid, as well as Al Horford. And then you have Furkan Cormax coming off the bench when you need a deep, a deep run or a deep score or a fresh score off the bench. But you know, outside of Milwaukee, I think a team that is very much slept on, uh, more so than how much the Sixers are mentioned, is the Toronto Raptors. Uh, for, for crying out loud, they are the reigning Eastern Conference, or excuse me, not just the Eastern Conference champions, they are the reigning NBA champions uh, until otherwise. And so when I, when I look at just the Toronto Raptors, the amount of disrespect that they get because they don't have Kawhi Leonard anymore, it's, it's crazy. Um, and I think the thing that really stands out to me uh, is the play of Pascal Siakam. Uh, I've said this all year. When I look at Pascal Siakam, to me, he reminds me of Scottie Pippen when Michael Jordan retired the first time. And they pretty much have similar stats, 22 and 5. Um, but it's not just Pascal Siakam that's playing well. Scottie Pippen wishes he had a team like that back then because you still have Kyle Lowry, who told Aaron Gordon to meet him in room 836. You have <laughs> when they were going to fight. <laughs> yeah. You had, uh, you still have uh, Marcus Gasol. You still have Sergi Baca. Like you, you got, you got Fred Van Fleet. Like to me, that's still a team you got to pay attention to in the Eastern Conference. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are still a semifinals team without Giannis Antetokounmpo, but they still have Giannis, uh, who many believe could be the NBA's MVP this season. So um, I don't it's think it's a wash that the Milwaukee Bucks uh, will make it to the finals. I still think that Toronto has something to say about it. I still think the Boston Celtics have something to say about it. And to be honest with you, I don't know if you guys are 21 and all up the drink, but you get the reference. I think at the end of the day, uh, the Indiana Pacers are like that wine that sneaks up on you. You have a little too much bubble, <laughs> you can get that win. So I think, the, I think the Eastern Conference still has a lot of talent in peace. You mentioned the injuries uh, for the 76ers in Philadelphia, and there were some that expressed concerns over injuries just at the beginning of this restart. Sixers lose Simmons, LeBron not playing tonight because of a groin Anthony Davis as well. How worried do you think teams are about injuries to their players right now? It depends on where you are in the seating. I think the Lakers will be okay, um, although I think Oklahoma uh, definitely showed out in the young game of um, But I, I think when you look at how concerned people are, I think they're just as concerned as if they were in stadiums. I think the only difference is guys have four months off organized NBA play. So I think, you know, if, if you go back into my reporting last season about LeBron James and his groin injury, um, LeBron came back much sooner than he should have. Um, people have been asking on Twitter today, like, what do you think? And I don't want to be one of those guys that just falls short of the old world, but, you know, in talking to different people through, who have played with LeBron, uh, who, have, who played with him specifically last season, 
and they saw his rehab. They shared with me, man. I, I've never, it was literally like he was Superman. I've never seen somebody come back that fast after hurting themselves the way that they hurt themselves. Like LeBron should have sat out all of last season. But the thing about LeBron and his situation is, I think, as much as the, the Lakers did not make the playoffs last season and he was able to sit and rest, he came back hungry, smoking, leading the league in, in assists this season, um, and then had a four-month layoff. I feel like that amount of rest that he had made up for all those back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back NBA finals he made between Miami and then back in Cleveland. And, and I think that um, – He's 35, he's not 25 anymore, but at the same time, he still has a lot left in the tank. So to your original question, should coaches be concerned? Yeah, but I also think um, it was smart for the Lakers to rest LeBron on the second of the back-to-back. I just want to end here with talking a little bit more long-term. You mentioned that the NBA has been considering possibly having to use a bubble next season as well. I know it's always difficult to ask these health questions because things can change so much in you know days or weeks, but... Do you think that's something that really is on the table and a likelihood for the future? And, and do you think that's something that you would enjoy considering how this season's gone so far? Um, I enjoy basketball, so if it's on, I'm going to watch it. I don't care if it's like uh, young kids who enjoy the game playing on the playground. But specifically to your question about the bubble, yeah, it is something that they're, they're talking about at length, um, about the health, uh, whether there is going to be a vaccine. Um, you know, aside from you know me being an NBA writer, I am paying attention to stocks. And um, Moderna is the, is the company that believes to have the vaccine. So if you have cash out, please invest in Moderna because Moderna is back in phase three or phase four. Um, so snapple fact there. But you know, as it relates to just the, the following season, it is something that's being considered. I mean, even from the perspective of you know, like video games, like you know, typically. Um, I go to the NBA 2K parties that they have for the launch of um, the new NBA 2K game. And normally, you know, you know what the schedule is for the launch of the, the game, which is, you know, next month. And, you know, there's also a next generation game that's coming out in November uh, for, the, for the new games that's coming out. And, um, you know, I had a conversation with somebody about it, and they were like, man, I don't know if we're having a party one. Two, we may have a party when they have the next generation games in November because there'll be no season. The season will likely start in December, um, you know, end of December, maybe Christmas, which, you know, it, to me is similar to um, the lockout short, short season back in 2011 because be it, it seemed that a lot of players enjoyed that rather than playing 82 games. And, I mean, remember this was something people have been talking about for the last year and a half, should the NBA shorten the season. I think that the bubble and then the carryover for next season will be the the, the, the quantitative and qualitative research that many need to find out if that's something that should be done. Should we just move into another city and just have a bunch of games? But long-term, I have concerns about the financials as it relates to season ticket holders and arenas. One thing that the NBA does have, I think, an advantage in is their merchandising. Um, people globally are going to buy it, even from the perspective of from the gentleman in Orlando who did not kneel um, the other day. Uh, his, his, his jersey sales went up. He's like number two right now behind LeBron James. So the merchandising thing I think is helping the league. I think that their branding is helping the league because you still were able to take you still able to, you were able to satisfy all your sponsors um, that invest in those teams by putting those decals on the court 
have all those billboards and different things. You're able to do partnerships with Microsoft as it relates to that door with all the fans. But sustainability long term, I, I, I saw a case study today that said the, 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 the United States economy went down 33%. If I'm the NBA, you get away with it now. Moving forward, I, I'm interested to see what happens. I'm optimistic because they pulled the bubble off. This is like the Jetsons meets basketball, but um, long term, they're going to have to figure something out. Brandon, I'll get you out on this one. Who is your MVP this year and why? Giannis Antetokounmpo was the MVP. Um, however, LeBron James was the MVP of the league for the last week before the pandemic shut down. Hmm. Why? Because LeBron kicked um, Giannis and the Bucks and uh, Kawhi and the Clippers at Dollar Dollar. Um, at the end of the day, um, I think Giannis is the MVP because statistically, I think he had it. Um, his team won 60 games. Um, but the thing is with LeBron, I think people often use LeBron's age and the stats that he's putting up as a as a as a defensive mechanism as to why uh, he is over Giannis. Um, I think LeBron plays in a tougher Western Conference, um, but I also think LeBron is at a point in his career where Jordan was in the mid to late 90s where he could win it every year, but they're going to end up giving it to somebody else. I remember when Jordan played, they gave it to Barkley, they gave it to Hakeem, they gave it to David Robinson, they gave it to Carmelo. And I don't think Michael cared because he went and got the NBA, uh, NBA Finals MVP in the trophy. And I think it would be a shame for LeBron to get the MVP award this season and then to not win the NBA Finals. If I'm him, it's about championships. I don't really care about individual awards anymore. He is the host of the Scoopy Radio Podcast, senior writer at Basketball Society and Heavy.com. With a fine wine reference and some financial advice, Brandon Scoopy Robinson, thanks so much for doing this. Gentlemen, thanks for having me. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Dunkin'. Kaboom! Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 